In Jesus' name. Do I say amen? Amen. Let's go. Um, Yeah, the letter is penned by Paul. Um, You know, we've been here for a while, and I just want to share in my own way. Um, Jesus, there's some good news today. All right, so Paul's last letters. First, First Timothy and Second Timothy are the last letters of Paul. And Paul is writing to um, Timothy, to his son in the ministry. And Paul is writing these last letters, particularly the second letter, the one that is in our text, is he's writing and it's personal. It's personal because he loves Timothy. It is someone that he has grind with, someone that he has walked with, somebody who has suffered with, somebody who's had high moments with, somebody who has been there when he needed him to be there. He's been pouring into Timothy's life. Do you have anybody in your life? We're going to look both ways. Anybody who has poured into your life over the years, somebody who showed up when they didn't have to show up, somebody who called when they didn't have to call, somebody who, who's poured into your life, who spoke life into you when you didn't think you was worth it. Do you have anybody over the years that poured into your life? Then I would ask, who are you pouring into? Who is it this morning that you are going above and beyond, that you are being thoughtful about, that you're sending a text, that you're reaching out, that you're spending time with. Paul spent time with Timothy, pouring into him, being an example for him. So this was personal. It's personal this morning. It's painful for Paul to write this letter. It's painful because he knows his son in the ministry is struggling. It's painful because he he remembered that when he last left Timothy in the first chapter, in in 2 Timothy, how the tears, when they departed. It's painful as he's writing this letter because Timothy is struggling as a pastor. He's the pastor of the church of Ephesus, and Timothy is struggling. The people, they trip him. You get that, right? (laughs) But Paul, someone who cares for his friend, for his brother, and he knows he's struggling. He's writing this letter, but the letter is personal, and it's painful for him to write. If you had somebody that wasn't near, but you wanted to encourage them, what would you write? I dare you to write somebody a letter. You know, we've gotten away from writing letters, right? We, we can send a text. We can, but there's something about writing some stuff down and going back and, and having to scratch through and put some stuff in the margins because it's just coming out. Paul is writing this letter, and it's painful. And part of it, why it's painful, because he's writing from a prison. Paul is not far from Nero's chopping block. It's painful for him because he can't get to his friend. Who is it that might be far away, but you can get to them? You can find a way to pour into their lives. Paul is pressing in this letter. He's pressing because there's a sense of urgency in Timothy's ministry. Paul is saying, listen, remember, because I remember the faith that is in you. 
The same faith that is in you was in your grandmother, Lois. The same faith was in your mother, Eunice. Remember the faith. Keep the faith. I know you're struggling. But Paul, as a good mentor, he's pressing him. We're going to press this morning. But he's pressing him to say, man, I love you, but get up. I love you, but get to work. I love you. Make full use of your ministry. He's writing this letter. It's personal. It's painful. But this letter is also, he's pressing. He warns him. Jesus. Before, before that, Paul tells Timothy, he says, he says, Timothy, fan into flames your spiritual gifts. Remember the laying on of hands. God has already gifted you with everything you need. I know it's hard, but we got to press through. We got to do what God has called us to do, even when it's hard. So Paul is saying to Timothy, he's saying, listen, fan into flames your spiritual gifts, the things that God has put in you. He said, because God did not give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. He tells Timothy, say, Timothy, do you remember who you are and whose you are? And somebody in here right here and right now, you need to remember that you belong to the king. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You belong. He knows your frame. He fashioned you. He knows what you're going through. He is there. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He says, listen, he says in in chapter 2, he says, look, like a good soldier, don't get entangled with the, the issues of civilian life. You have to be faithful to the one who enlisted you into this army. He said, like a good soldier. He said, you've got to endure. You've got to understand it's going to be hard sometimes, but you can't quit. Somebody needs to know you might not consider yourself a soldier. You might not consider yourself somebody who know how to fight really well, but you've got to know there's somebody fighting for you. And because he's fighting for you, you can overcome no matter what your situation. So like Paul is telling Timothy, get up. Don't stay down just because it gets hard. When it gets hard, it's going to be hard. That's not the time to quit. He said, like an athlete. He said, discipline yourself. Follow the rules. He said, said, Timothy, follow the instructions. Like an athlete, if you're going to win, you got to do it right. You got to be disciplined. He said, like a good farmer. He said, work hard. Study. Show yourself approved. Work. Yes, you're a pastor. Yes, there's some hard time. But you got to love people more than you love your position. Then he tells them about the last days. In chapter 3, he begins to say, look, there's going to be some difficult times. He said, people are going to love themselves and money. He said, there will be no self-control. He said, it'll be pride and boasting and people will be scoffing at God. He said, it's going to be unbelievable. He said, after God has opened up doors and blessed them, people will be unbelievable, unfaithful. They're going to be unforgiving, unloving. 
Paul is writing this letter. Look at chapter 3. He's saying it's going to be hard. There's going to be some difficult times that are coming. Paul says to him, he said, look. He says, um, he says, look, but if you die with him, you're going to live with him. If you suffer with him, you're going to reign with him. He says, um, he says, now, if you deny him, he's going to deny you. Oh, I got some good news. He said, if you're unfaithful to him, he's going to be faithful to you. <laughs> like, what? He said, because he, ain't den- he can't deny who he is. Oh, you're going to get that when you get home. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again. Because that, for somebody, listen, if you die with him, you're going to live with him. If you suffer with him, you're going to reign with him. If you deny him, he's going to deny you. If you're unfaithful to him, he's going to be faithful to you because he can't deny who he is. He is a faithful God. So I'm saying, get up. Turn. He's faithful. He's going to redeem. He's going to restore. He's going to renew. Turn around. Even when it's hard. He said, be careful of the deceivers. Because what we have to do, Hope Elam, is recognize who the enemy really is. He says the enemy is really those who are evildoers and imposters. He said those are the real enemies. He says, and the imposters and the evildoers, he said, they're going to deceive many, but they're also going to deceive themselves. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. They will soon be cut down like the grass. Oh, Jesus. He says, difficult times are coming. There'll be some depraved minds. There's going to be some people who are counterfeit. They have counterfeit faith. Counterfeit faith. That means they're forever learning. Always want knowledge. Always want stuff. Forever learning, but never really coming into the knowledge of the truth. He said, be careful. He said, watch them. He said, Timothy, there are some difficult times. He says that those last days are coming. And I don't know. We probably haven't experienced any of that in our time. (laughs) But Paul loves Timothy. And God loves us. And wants us to know that we're still on a mission for God. Amen. And because we're still on a mission for God, it's going to be hard. There's going to be some issues, but we got to keep going. Then we got the, the privilege of saying that there are some last words of Paul. And that's at the end of chapter four. And in the last words, Paul is alone. When you read it and you get to around chapter verse 10, Paul is like, like, yo, where everybody at? He said, um, wow, who was it? He said, some people left me and, you know, they went off to different places. He said, I'm all by myself. You know, there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. You could be in a crowded room and be lonely. Paul is alone because he's in prison. He's in prison for sharing the good news. 
saying, look, we're going to suffer persecutions. And sometimes when we share the word of God, sometimes when we stand on the truth, you're going to end up alone. Paul said, look, when I went to the judge, when I went to him the first time, he said, everybody abandoned me. He said, but the good news, but God, he said, no one stood with me. Read it. He said, but God stood with me. He said, God strengthened me. And look what he strengthened him for, to share the good news, to share the gospel. That's why he's still in prison. Sometimes it ain't going to work out in your favor. Sometimes it's not going to work because you, you're praying about a thing and it's going to take some time. Sometimes God said, you're going to feel abandoned. He said, but I got you. I'll strengthen you. But stay focused on the work. Oh, Jesus, we got to go. He affirmed. He affirmed God. Paul affirmed Timothy. Paul affirmed his faith in God. So let's go. What I want to talk about, the mission. We are on Hope Elam. We are on a mission from God. We, not just us, but as believers, as the body of Christ, but as Hope Elam and all the campuses, we are on a mission from God. Paul urges Timothy, stay true to the mission. Paul says to him, look, get up, get going, keep going, and don't stop. Sometimes you're going to hit a roadblock. Sometimes you're going to get it hard. But the mission is the mission. Well, what mission are you talking about? Well, the mission is an assignment. We are on assignment. God, help me to say this like I feel it. We are on assignment. We have a purpose and a goal as a body of believers. And each and every one of you who are in this place, whether you've gone to membership class or not, you are on assignment if you say you are a child of God. We have a responsibility. We have a calling, a goal, and a purpose as the people of God. And you might be asking, well, what is our mission? Here at Hope Elam, we're on a mission, and I always want to say, let's go. Okay, look, help me preach. Come on, Beth. Help me preach. When I say let's go, you say it's time. Let's go. When I say it's time, you say let's go. It's time. Well, let's go. Okay, let's go. Whoa, it's going to be a lot of that. Use your judgment on that. The mission really is to go. Remember Matthew 28, the Great Commission? Remember that? I know we're talking about Paul and we're talking about Timothy, but we're talking about us. Remember when he said, therefore, go. Go and spend time with some people and, and sacrifice a little bit of your time and open up your house and, and be in a vulnerable place and space for a young lady, for a young man. Go make disciples. Go pour into other people the way Paul is pouring into Timothy. We have a mission, and God is calling us to our mission. He's been calling us, and there's a neighborhood out here. There's time for us as a people to fulfill our ministry. There's a calling to all of us personally, individually, and collectively. And at some point, we got to determine, are we going to keep moving or are we going to stay still? It's going to be hard sometimes. But God said, Jesus said, look, when they met him over where he told them to meet them, he said, I have all authority. 
He said, even, he said, even when some came, some were still doubting. He says, go, make disciples. He said, of all nations, of all nations, if I had time, I'd tell you a little bit. When I went to Nairobi about a month ago, okay, all I'm saying is the same God, the same word, the same spirit, the same brotherhood, the same fellowship is in the midst of slums, in the midst of places where there's lack, and pastors and preachers are preaching the word of God. And they're saying, the first message that I heard when I got there was a, was a bishop saying, let's go. All right. He says, look, he says, teach. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands. Proverbs 9.9. If you give instruction to, some, to a wise man, they're going to increase in wisdom. If you teach a righteous man, he will increase in learning. Oh, it's tight, but it's right. I know we seek instruction. We seek knowledge. We teach. Give instruction. Increase in wisdom. Teach. Increase in learning. He's saying for us, we got to go. So what is our mission here? Come on. Uh, let's just get it. Let's, let's go. It's time. Let's go. Listen, our mission is to reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to reach out. Before we can reach out, we got to reach across the aisle. Before we can reach out, sometimes we got to reach our brother and our sister who we know struggling. Be sometimes God saying the mission is the same, but before we reach out, we got to reach out to Bethel and to Door and all. That's what we're doing. That's why we're on a mission from God. So I'm saying, let's go. Reach sometimes before you can reach out, you got to reach in. <laughs> You got to say, God, prepare me because there's some stuff in my experience, the way I grew up. And some people, God, I'm, I'm nervous. Got some things I don't understand, God, but my heart, you know, my heart, I want to do it, God, but I don't understand how, God. So I, before you reach out, you got to reach in. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Reach out to the world around you. We can say that and share. Share the love. Remember, come on, VBS. Where's God? Where's God? Over there. Right, right. And you go, whoo. And then you had to share it with somebody. Get in your heart first. Share the everlasting love. It's the same love in Kenya. It's the same love right here. It's the same love in this neighborhood. We are called on a mission, and it's time to go. So let's go. All right. What does it mean? Come on. Come on. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. Tell your neighbor, say, come on. Get going. Get to getting. It's time. Ah, Jesus. Oh, wait, wait. Get in the game. Get in the game. 
the mission. We don't have to do it on our own strength. You remember Acts 1 when all of them was together and Jesus said, look, he said, there was come a time that you're going, he said, you don't know the time and the hour of when my father is going to come into his power. And he said, but you're going to receive power and the power of the Holy Ghost so that you can go and be a witness into Samaria and Judea and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We are called to go make disciples and be a witness. So that's why I want to get to this one because you don't think this is going to apply to you. That one. Not only do are we on a mission to go, but we have a mandate to grow. We have a mandate to grow. That's what he told Timothy, preach. And you may be saying, well, I'm no preacher. There's a difference between a preacher and preaching. Can I just say this? Share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. That's, that's preaching. Tell your testimony of how God brought you when you couldn't bring yourself. That's preaching. Uncover um, a truth that you found over the years to somebody who don't understand. That is preaching. So what am I saying? There's a mandate before we can't give what we don't have. We can't, can't, can't um, go where we, or show what we don't know. Whatever the case, listen, we got to grow. We got we to gotta be in a place of teaching. We got to study. We got to have a devotion. We got to find a place where we can spend time to meditate with God. We got to ask questions. Don't stay in a place of isolation. We've got to put ourselves in position with Alpha. We got to put ourselves in positions so that we can make sure that we're growing. It's one thing to scatter some seed. That's the word. But every once in a while, you got to go back and water that seed. And if the seed has been laid in your heart, you got to get to a place where that seed is being watered as well. And I'm saying to all of us, the mandate is that we grow. Preach. Pastors, preachers, teachers, evangelists, yes, but all of us. Because we all have a mission. Be prepared. How do you prepare? Let's teach them. How do you prepare? Keep living. It's better not only to be a hearer of the word of God but a doer. Because you're talking about a firm foundation. If you, don't, if you are a hearer only of the word of God and you don't do it, he says when the rains come and the winds blew, that house can't stand because the foundation is not firm. So all I'm saying is through experience, little by little, keep growing. Little by little, keep getting up. Little by little, keep asking questions. You have to grow through your experience. You have to go through example, tether yourself, connect with somebody who's a little bit more spiritually mature, connect with them and tether yourself and let them be an example. Don't put all your confidence in them, but you can learn from them. We put all of our confidence in an almighty God. Imitate them as they imitate Christ. Can somebody say amen? amen. Through experience and through example, but also we've got to recognize evil when we see it. There's some stuff that the Holy Spirit is going to show us. We may not be able to put our finger on it, but we know something, something, something ain't right. So we have to grow and learn. Amen? So be prepared, but be patient. Patiently correct. 
Don't bully people with the word. If God has given you some gifts and you know some stuff and some experiences and stuff, don't patiently correct people. Now, there's some stuff. Now, here's what's hard. And here's what Timothy was struggling with. Rebuke some stuff. There is some stuff that just ought not be. And as the people of God, we can't sit down and allow some stuff to go. And we got to stand on the word of God. And Paul is telling Timothy, stand up. Timothy had this rap of being a little timid. Paul was saying to him, God did not give you a spirit of fear. Stand up. So as the people of God, as the church, we got to stand up to some stuff that just ain't right. Can somebody say amen? amen? All right. He said, but do it patiently, rebuke, and encourage. All right, we got to go. The mandate is to grow. We grow through the word of God. Why? Because the word of God is alive. It, it, when, when we start to get the word, it starts to, like, take root and grow. It starts to do something to our heart. It starts to do something to our mind. It's alive. The word of God is powerful. It's more powerful than your problems. It's more prob- powerful than your pressures. It's more powerful than your, your persecutions. It's powerful. The word of God is alive. It's powerful. It is sharp. It won't take long to be strong. It'll be like, boop, that's not right. Boop. It's cutting, but, but the sharpness in the cutting, it, it, it opens up bone and marrow and the, the heart because it needs to expose what's not right. So the word of God will, even if we're kind of in that thing and we don't want to, it'll expose it so that we can grow above and beyond it. So let the word do its work. That's why we need the word of God. The word of God is the inspired word of God. I don't know if he's here, but Ryan Collisar. Ryan on Sunday, he, he taught our men's ministry. We're going to get not only to the mission and the mandate, but we got to get to the ministry. Ryan Collisar on Sunday, he just took us through just word by word. Sometimes we go wide and we really need to go deep. Ryan said, we got to mine for gold in the word of God. You got to mine for it. You got to dig for it. So in digging for it, you just got to stay there and dig. And he took us through this. He said, all scripture, all of it, he said from the, what did he say? He said, from the table of contents to the maps. Come on, Bob. He said, from the table of contents, all scripture. If it's in there, there's a purpose. So I'm saying this. It's the inspired word of God. That's how we grow. We prepare and get equipped to go to work because we're on a mission. Let's go. It's time. time. The mission is to go. The mandate is to grow. And our ministries allows us to gather so we can grow together. Listen, men's ministry, Jesus. Women's ministry. Student and kids ministry. I'm talking about um, the shuttle bus ministry, the door in Bethel. You are a part of this mission. I'm talking about uh, care ministry. Ministry allow us to gather, allow us to come together to fulfill our mission. 
For a time is coming, Paul was saying to the young Timothy, when no one will listen to sound doctrine. And if you isolate, here's why we need to gather. If you isolate and you're by yourself, you listen to the first thought that comes. You listen to every wind of doctrine. You listen to stuff because you have nobody to sharpen you. That's why we gather. He said, behold how good and pleasant it is when men and women gather together in, in unity. He said, that's, that's, that's like the kononia. That's the good stuff. He said, when two or three are gathered together, I'm right there. We got to gather as a ministry. He said, look to the word so we can learn the truth. That's ministry. So I'm saying if you hear and you're not part of a ministry, let's go. It's time. Now, I'm going to say it this time. Now say it in your heart. It's time. Jesus. All right. Ministry together. He says, all the believers, this is Acts 2, and you know this, and we're good time. In Acts 2, when the church became the church, there was something about gathering. There was something about coming together. There was something about gathering in houses and homes and small groups and you know, in breaking bread together and building relationships. There's something about what God is calling us. And there's people like, like in this two-mile radius that we are called on a mission and a mandate to minister to, that we're not called to stay in here. Our mission is to reach out to the world around us and share, and I'm going to just break it down, the good news. And Paul understood that. So, Hobie, I'm on a mission from God. Let's go. Each one, reach one, teach one. You're talking about something that everybody's heard before, but what do we commit in the ministry that we're going to pour into one person? Oh, at least one. Each one. I don't care, old age, whatever. Each one of us, like right now, you know in your heart right now, if you're going to even make an attempt, and God knows too, but you can change it by prayer, saying, God, help me right now to know that I am called to go, no matter how hard, no matter my background, that I got to prepare, I got to understand my, my own faith, I got to grow in my own way so that I can go. So I can, I can share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ with someone else. I am mandated to prepare and be better. So each one, reach one, but teach one. Your experiences. All right, come on. All of the gathering and all of the it all circles around the good news. Can we just be reminded of the good news that Jesus came, born of a virgin, he died and was buried and he rose, ascended into heaven, and God sent his Holy Spirit to dwell in the believer, and he promised that he's coming back. Watch this. Ready or not? Ready or not? So I'm just saying to all of us, he told Timothy, remember the very first verse in chapter 4? He said, Timothy, I urge you 
Get up. Get going. Don't stop. Because there's coming a day that the king will judge the living and the dead. That he will judge whether or not we fulfilled our ministry. It's hard, but keep going. It's a loving God. All right. Last slide. I wonder. And this is, we're going to go home. I wonder. When you think about your God, do you think about, is there a song that lights you up? Is there something that every time you hear it, it just, it, you, you connect. There's a spiritual connection to your God. Now, it don't have to be. Praise and worship is what God adores. Is there a song in your heart? Maybe for you, maybe it's blessed assurance. Maybe, may, maybe it, it is well. Maybe it's gratitude. You know, with all the songs, is there a song? I want you to call to mind a song and tell the world, look, no matter if it's the same song, you got to have a song in your heart. you got to have something that lights you on fire, something that can pick you up when you're down, something that can get you over when you cast down. Something. Jesus, if you got a song and you're ready, let's go.